Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. You know, we originally had planned this week to uh, start a series on David, and we really feel like we're going to walk through the story of David. If I were to tell you my favorite Bible character, it would be David. And so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so excited. But we're not going to do that today because the Lord was kind of leading us elsewhere. And so it was about Tuesday. We decided to push it. And so I was like, man, what, what am I going to preach on? What am I supposed to teach on? So I, I had a few things I was looking at, and, and the Lord led me to, to the book of Luke. And through my spirit, I just could, I could sense, like, man, this could, be, this could be something, God. And I was trying to hit a couple other things, a couple other stories, and, and I kind of felt in my spirit, like, this was it. Luke chapter 10, if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 10 is, is, is about a story of two particular women. And Jesus shows up, and something begins to happen. And, and, he, and he speaks to, to one of them, and... We're going to find out how not only this applies to us, but how God will be glorified through this. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10, this is verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to what? Tell her to help me. Jesus, tell her, my sister, to help me. Man, sometimes we should just not ask Jesus any questions because he did not respond the way we want him to respond. How many of you know that? He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Martha, you, you, are, you are troubled. But only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, I recently went to Universal Studios. Man, I, I, I love me some Universal Studios. I love roller coasters. I'm, I'll, anybody else about roller coasters? I was definitely, if somebody said preach, I was definitely afraid to ride roller coasters until we were at Universal Studios and my dad took me to the Hulk. You remember that? You're like, I'll get you McDonald's if we go to the Hulk. I was like, McDonald's? He didn't want to spend $100 in food in the park, so he, went, he was smarter. He took me to McDonald's. So, uh, so, so I just went to Universal and I rode this ride called the, uh, the, the Velocicoaster. It's a Jurassic, it's a Jurassic World. Man. Come on, come on. He's like, we're already preaching today, all right? Let's go. And I'll tell you what, man, it just was incredible, incredible. Now, I know as, as I get a little bit older, I start to get a little bit more dizzier when I ride things like that. But still to this day when I show up, and I rode it two times, you know, you get in line and you got to wait. Sometimes you got to wait. You got to wait like three hours now just to ride this ride. And uh, we don't want to drive 30 minutes to church. But that, that's aside from the point. So, you know, I'm sitting here right, getting ready to ride this ride. And I know, I know everybody wants to ride the front because the front's where it's at, right? The front, the difference about the front and anywhere else is at the front, you can see. You can see everything. But So you wait a little bit longer. Right? You sweat a little bit more. 
just so you could be in the front because to you, that is the best place. But I got to tell you, front sitters, that that is not the best place on the roller coaster. The best place, come on, is, is, the, is the back. The best place is the back. That's, but that's not necessarily where you can see, but that's where you, you're going to get the best ride. It's good to sit in the front, but it's better to sit in the back because it's not in the back where I see, but it's in the back where he notices me. It's in the back. Right? I say, God, I don't need to see. Some of you Christians today, some of you watching it online, you have been doing a lot just to get the best seat. You've been working a lot. You're willing to sweat a little bit more. You're willing to work a little bit harder just to get the best seat. But God is saying, I think you're doing all that wrong because where you're at isn't where you're supposed to be. I have a place for you here where you can be seen where I am, where I am. And so I don't know where you're at today, but perhaps this story of, of Mary and Martha might speak to you a little bit because a lot of us, we just want to, we just want to work a little bit harder. We want to do a little bit more. We want to find ourselves, uh, uh, continue to, to, to work and work and push and push and push. If I could just do a little bit more, if I could, and this, is, this, is, this might help you a little bit, all right? If I could, if I could take this rolling pin, if I could just, if I could just make a little bit more bread, this is what, this is what Martha would say. If I could just make a little bit more bread, Jesus, it's going to work out. I got you. I got you. I'm here to tell you today, and if you're taking any notes, because we're believers in the house, and we take notes. Come on. We take notes. No? Okay. Am I the only one that takes notes? All right. We take notes. The title of this morning's message is Stop Making the Bread. Stop Making the Bread. And I promise you it'll make sense, but let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, there probably are many broken people in this room, but the greatest thing about you is you didn't tell us to do anything, to step into a relationship with you. You, you found us. You called us. Here we are. And so remind us today, God, as we read your word, would it speak truth? Would it speak conviction? Would it, would it have authority over us as it always does? And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said in one loud voice. Amen. Can we give God one more shout of praise in this place? Come on. So, so Luke chapter 10, go there if you have your, anybody got a real Bible, a real Bible? Or you got your phone Bibles, that's okay. But if you got a real Bible, we used to say back in our small group, we're bringing Bibles back, right? We're bringing, you don't even got a Bible, bro. You're in my small group. We're bringing, we're bringing, just kidding. Uh, we're bringing Bibles back. Luke chapter 10. Um, Jesus says, Jesus has already been making a name for himself. Um, he's, he's attracted quite a following. If you remember, he, at this point, if you go back, he's fed 5,000 people. He's been healing the sick. And the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest among them, like they do and like we do often. And knowing that his message needed to spread a little bit further, he appoints 12 disciples and he sends them out. And then later on, he appoints 72 disciples and he sends them out. And so, so there's a lot being done in the ministry of Jesus. And so now he finds his way to this village where he meets this place and this home and with a woman by the name of Martha. And by the way, Mary and Martha had a brother named Lazarus. You probably know who that is. And so here's where we find Jesus next. Martha opens up her home. Now, it doesn't say that all the disciples were invited into their home, but we can assume that they were because she was working a lot. And usually where Jesus went, the disciples were. 
And so here you got Mary and Martha. They're, they're making this, this, this feast probably for Jesus and his disciples. Well, well, Martha's working, but Mary sounds a lot like my kids. And uh, I don't know about you, but when you, come, when you come to my house, I do a great job of making sure that my house is, is spotless before you show up. Anybody, any crazy people like me? Come on. Like some of you, you don't even care. You got laundry. You've got everything all on the floor. I can't even, I've got to step over Legos just to get into your house. But for me, I, I don't know what it is. And I, my, I know my wife is at home with some kids who aren't feeling too well, but uh, she can attest to this. I don't care if you're my best friend or you are family. If you say I'm on my way, I am doing anything and everything to make sure that my house is clean. But I got kids who have a lot of toys, and somehow somebody told them that the playroom where their toys belonged wasn't where they belonged anymore, and that they would take their toys and bring them to the living room where they did not belong. So now here I am. I'm, I'm picking up toys, bringing them to the... My wife is picking up toys. You know, she's doing all the work. She's picking up the toys, bringing them to the... I'm like, come on. Come on, Judah. Come on, Beckham. Martha would say, come on, Mary. I, 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 need, I need you to do something. This, look at verse 39. Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Martha, Martha's working over here, but Mary's just sitting. And can I be honest? I think a lot of times we misinterpret this passage. As a believer, you got to choose who you're going to be, either Martha or Mary. M Martha, the worker, or Mary, the worshiper. But I don't think God is telling through this passage or throughout all of Scripture that you shouldn't work. Come on, how many know that he has called us to work? In fact, Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on in love and what? And good works. So, so God isn't saying, you don't need to work. But that's often what happens in this passage. You either got to choose. But Mary and Martha weren't enemies. They, they, they were sisters. And, and Martha wasn't. I want you to know this. Martha wasn't acting in sin. He didn't say that she was, she was being disobedient. Mary and Martha, they weren't enemies. Mary was doing what she thought she was supposed to do. And Martha thought she was doing what she was supposed to do. In fact, Martha, like a lot of us, are looking over the shoulder and saying, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be doing what I'm doing. Why? Because it seems like you're the only one doing it. And you think everybody else has got to be doing what you're doing. And so, that, so, so what I'm not saying is you got to choose Mary or you've got, to choose, you've got to choose Martha. Mary's quiet, Mary's silent, Mary's worshiping. So the story isn't about stop working. And to be honest, I think what Martha was doing wasn't that bad. Martha was simply just being hospitable, like many of us would be. In fact, you find out in Scripture, let me show you just a few passages. Hebrews 13, 2, do not neglect showing hospitality to strangers. Romans 12, 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You see, Martha wasn't acting in sin. So I, I, think we can, I think we can learn a thing or two from Martha, okay? We can learn a thing or two from Martha on how to be hospitable. Because some of you welcome people into your homes, welcome people into your businesses, very opposite of what Martha's doing. In fact, you don't even really care about people. You become so consumed with your product that you have forgotten who your product is for. You see, if you're a businessman or a salesman here, you're not making a product because you like it. You're making a product because they need it. And that's how you convince them to buy it, because they need it. And some of you run businesses, you run 
You run your home and people show up like me and nobody says anything. Um, um, you're not ready for me. You have no cafe con leche available for me to have while I'm sitting here waiting for my appointment, which I made three months ago. Why? Why aren't you ready? And can we thank God for the offices that have fish tanks in them? Come on, anybody got fish tanks in your homes or your offices? Thank God for them because at least I can look at a fish that's more miserable than me. He can't get out. I can leave if I wanted to, but that fish can't. And so, you know, our job as believers is to be hospitable. Who, would anybody say you have the gift of hospitality in here? I know my dad does. He, he very much does. But we, we were invited over to uh, Ildefonso's house. Ildefonso, by the way, runs our usher team. And uh, could we give it up for, I don't think he's here today, but Ildefonso, man, we love you. You're doing such a great job. Thank you for serving. But um, um, Ildefonso invited our family over to his house. And man, I'll never forget, I, I showed up to his house. And I don't know what it is about the, the Latin people. But they have appetizers ready for you when you show up. We don't do that. But I show up to his house, and they have appetizers ready for you. Not only that, but by the way, the Latin people, they, they don't cook. Um, they're not cooking when you show up. When you show up, about an hour later is when they start cooking. And so we get there, and the appetizers are there. I'm getting full off the appetizers. I'm like, where's the food? He's like, oh, we haven't cooked it yet. But when they started cooking, he pulls out the biggest steaks I have ever seen in my life. He pulls out the, the biggest ribs I have ever seen in my life. They had the salad. They had the chocolate chip cookies, man. I was like, whoo, I am in heaven. I wonder what it would look like if some of us treated some people that way. We say, hey, when you're showing up, I'm going to give you the best. I'm not going to worry about, about price. Well, maybe a little bit, but I'm going I'm to give you the best. I'm going to make the food. I'm going I'm to start, start making the, making the bread. I mean, I'm, I'm going all in for you because I care about you and I'm a believer, and that is my that is my job. Can I quote you something that I read the other day? I know I'm, I know I'm kind of like over here right now from the story, so I'm going to get back in a second, but let me read with you what I heard. It said, um, courteous treatment will make a customer a walking advertisement. Some of you need to stop investing in ads on Facebook, and you just need to start treating people better. You've been putting a lot of money in saying, come on, this looks good, doesn't it? It does look good, and it might taste good, but you have neglected the thing, the one thing that's supposed to be buying that. So now I'm like, Dad, I'll tell my wife, next time Il Defonso invites us over to his house, we're going. And you should text him too and say, invite us to your house because we know that you treat, you, know, you do a really good job at hospitality and you're going to give the biggest steak, so I'm coming over. And uh, this is simply what, what Martha is doing. She, she's laying out the spread. She's got the... the uh, charcuterie board out with all the cheese and the meats. Which, by the way, that, that stuff is expensive. I'd rather just buy some crackers and meat and just throw it together, but when you, when you pay somebody to put it together like that, it gets really expensive. So Martha's over there doing her thing. She is preparing. But what I want you to see is this. It wasn't her working and preparing that Jesus had an issue with. It was her working and preparing that was distracting her away from where she was supposed to be. This was not the issue. The issue was what this was causing her to miss. And I wonder how many of us at times we have been so busy working, so busy plowing, so busy doing that we have missed on just simply being. 
Can I tell you something? I'd love for you to write this down. What we do with Christ is far more important than what we do for Christ. What we do with Christ is far more important, I'm gonna prove it to you, than what we do for Christ. What we do for him isn't wrong. In fact, we should be doing things for him. But what we do with him is far more important. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing more damaging to the Christian soul than working from a place of emptiness. There's nothing more damaging to your soul than trying to do things for God when there really was no God inside of you. How can you work for Christ when you have not taken time to be in communion with Christ? Let me read you what John chapter 15 verse 5 says. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much what? Fruit. Somebody say fruit. But this is the key part right here because it says apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, I don't care how many great things you have done, how many great things I have done, but if it hasn't been done out of a place where I have remained, if if it's been done not out of a place where I have been in communion with God, then what would he say? It's pointless. It's nothing. I would hate to find myself in a place like that. I'm, I'm, I'm planting things, God. I'm, I'm doing things, God. And, and we're asking the question, you know, God, I have a seed that I'm planting into somebody. But here's, here's the issue. Because if you're planting a seed expecting God to, to grow it, when that seed was never from God, he's not going to grow it. How can you plant a seed that isn't from God and expect God to do great things? But, but we're over here saying, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm creating things for you. I'm making things for you. Man, I don't, even, I don't even do this, so correct me if I'm doing it wrong. But this, I mean, this is, this is just, man, I, I'm just, I'm working, God. I'm, I'm working it. Look, look what I've created. Look what I've made. I hope you're pleased. Lord, I, I, hope, I, hope, you're, I hope you're proud. But God would say, that dream, that task, what you, what you created wasn't, wasn't birthed from a place where you spent time with me. It was birthed from comparison. It was birthed from jealousy. It was birthed from pride. Could you imagine we show up to the gates of heaven and say, God, look what I've done. And he said, you did that for you. You didn't, you didn't do that for me. And, and here, here, here's where we find this, this issue of doing things for Christ opposed to doing things with Christ. Because there are people who are walking in what I'll call sinful goodness. Sinful goodness. What's, what's sinful goodness? Well, it's, um, it's doing good that isn't motivated, motivated or connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just, I, I do good. I mean, come on, we, we know some good people, right? We know good people who aren't from God. And so we would look at that good and say that that is what we would call sinful goodness, It's a goodness that isn't motivated or connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would even ask you, what's the purpose of doing it then? Especially if you're a believer. What's the purpose of getting into that business, starting that career, starting that job, getting into that relationship? Oh, come on. In relationships, it's like, what's the purpose if you're going to jump into something and you're not going to allow God to be the center of it? Why? Why? You're just going to hurt you. You're going to get frustrated. 
But we have a lot of people who just, we would say have good energy. You know, they just, they're just great people. They're just, come on, they're just good. You know people with good energy? Ooh, you guys are, listen, I was at a coffee shop the other day. This was Thursday. And I'm getting some coffee. And uh, usually, usually I'll get it black, but sometimes I have a, little, I have a little flavor, you know, too. You know, it's, it's good black, but I like a little flavor. And the guy was like, hey, dude, you just got great energy, man. You know, I was just being kind. And I really believe, as my dad has always preached, lifestyle evangelism, right? Just, just embody Christ-like character. And then somebody's going to say, what's so different about you? And he's like, man, you got good energy. And I was like, yeah, I got some good energy. But, but I quickly realized that he was mistaken. I didn't have good energy. I had the joy of the Lord. Come on, somebody. I had the joy of the Lord. And so I told, he had mistaken my good energy. He had mistaken the joy that was within me with good energy. And so I told him, I said, I don't got good energy. I got the joy of the Lord. And, and by the way, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And he was like, cool, dude. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And he gave, he gave me my coffee cup and he put a little heart on it. So I, you know, whatever, man, good energy. That's cool, you know. So here I am thinking, man, you, you have mistaken my joy that comes from Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have good energy. I got Jesus. Come on, anybody got Jesus in this room? Man, I'm, I'm just saying what you see isn't because I have good energy or I got good vibes or I'm just trying to do good. I'm doing it because I've got Jesus in me, and I don't want to do it without him. And so I've got to be careful that I'm not just doing four things for Christ, but I'm doing things with Christ. And, and, and go, go to Matthew chapter 7 with me, because I want to, I want to, I want to say this, and, and hear me out. I don't want to even do things in the name of Christ if it doesn't align with the will of Christ. I don't want to say in the name of Jesus. I know this is going to be hard, but if it doesn't align with the will of Jesus, and Jesus confronts this. He has something to say about this. So, Jacob, what are you talking about? No, Jesus is talking about it in Matthew chapter 7. Listen to this. Matthew 7, verse 21. This is the very end of his Sermon on the Mount. He is like, he is done. He just preached a, a, a long time. This is right before he gets to the wise and foolish builder. And he talks about false Christians, false disciples. And he says this in verse 21 of Matthew 7. He says, not everyone should, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who was in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And in your name we drove out demons, and in your name we performed many miracles. God, look what we did in your name. Come on, God, look at it. Aren't you pleased by it? We even put a little Bible verse on the bottom of our product. God be glorified. And, and what does he say? He says, you, you, you said you did it in my name, but in verse 23, he says, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Those who have professed Christ, those who say they do things for Christ, do things in his name, but they have not obeyed the will of God, he says, I condemn you. What do we got to do? We got to make sure we're walking in the will of God. Well, how do we know that? That's a great question. And I know the answer. How do I know if I'm walking in the will of God? How do I know if what I'm doing is in the will of God? How do I know? Because here's the thing. I don't want to do anything. In fact, write this down. What I do should not be done apart from the will of God. 
What I do, what I say, what I find myself doing should not be done apart from the will of God. So how do I know if I'm walking in the will of God? Here's your answer. It's three words. Read the Bible. That's it. No, but I have, I have, I have more serious questions about my will. Yeah, your will is right here. Read the Bible. And what's going to happen is when you read it and you obey it, what does Scripture say? You're going to bear much fruit. Oh, you want to know if you're walking in the will of God? Well, are you reading this thing? And are you obedient to this thing? And you will begin to see fruit come from what you do because you're, because you're reading it. So you want to know the will of God. You want to make sure that you're not doing anything apart from the will of God. Well, then read your Bible. Before you take an assessment, before you take a survey, before you send out a text message to your family, your friends, and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. You're saying, God, what are you, what are you thinking about? What do you want me to do? I've got some questions. Who do you want me to marry? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to live? That's a lot of questions. And God will over time reveal them to you. Unless it's his hidden will, then he's not going to reveal it to you. Why? Because it's hidden. But if, if, if it's the seen will, it's going to be here. Amen? I don't want to do anything apart from the will of God. But let's go back to the story. Because Martha's over here working and prepping the meal. Meanwhile, Mary is sitting. But Mary wasn't always sitting. Because if you look in verse 40, it says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me? So Martha was working. She wasn't just sitting the entire time. She was working, and then she stopped working, which is exactly, you know, parents, this is exactly what our kids do. They stop. This was my oldest son. He yells at his little brother. He says, Beckham, I need you to help. Stop. I need you to help. I can't do this by myself. I need, I need you to help. Mary, just please help me. Jesus, Jesus, can you please tell Mary to help me because, because I'm doing this all by myself. Meanwhile, she's sitting there doing nothing. Jesus, come on. Come on, Jesus. And I, there's two things that I realized from this passage. I want to give you two things. And they're not going to be on the screen, so try and write them down if you can. But two things that I realized. And the first thing is this. Mary recognizes that the need for her in the kitchen was not as important as the need for her at the feet of Jesus. Come on, all the ladies said, amen. Amen. <laughs> Use that one on your husband. God hadn't called me in the kitchen anymore. He called me to worship. Jeez, don't do that. Um, but she saw her need because it was then when she was working and all of a sudden somebody showed up. But it wasn't just somebody. His name was Jesus that showed up. And she recognized that what she was doing in the kitchen was not as important as what she needed to be doing at his feet. And so Mary recognizes that her need there wasn't as important as her need, as her need there. She was cooking at one point to feed the guests, and now it was time for her to be fed. Because Jesus showed up, and he was sitting down, and he, and he started teaching. It wasn't time for cooking. It was time to start listening. And if I was Mary, I'd be sitting here yelling at Martha. Because Martha's yelling at me. Mary, get over here. Start helping me. And if I'm Mary, I'm saying, Martha, Martha, you don't know. You're over there making bread. You think that's the bread that's going to sustain you, Martha? But whew, there is a bread that we can live by that isn't going to be something that we eat, but it's going to be the bread that comes from the word of God. Martha, that's not, you, need, you, need to, you need to stop making the bread because I'm standing at the bread of life. And she recognized the need for her to be there, opposed for her need 
to be here. But she not only recognized where she needed to be, she recognized where she needed to leave. Again, how, how can I get there if I don't leave this? God, I know you want me to commit my life to you more. You know you, know you want me to start serving in church or to start a small group or start evangelizing in the streets. Lord, you know you, you want me to do that, but what I'm doing over here is just a little easier. It's a little more comfortable. And I'm inside with the AC, but I don't know if I can, I don't know. You see, you recognize not only where you need to be, but you got to recognize what you have to leave. You got to recognize that walking in faith might just be a little bit uncomfortable. Walking in faith might just cause you to start sweating a little bit. Walking in the will of God might cause you to, to get a little discomfort. You start walking in some unfamiliar territory. That, that's okay. Because you're not walking in, in territory alone. Because God will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He's going to help you be strong. He's going to help you be courageous. But you got to recognize what I need to leave. So what I would say to you today is perhaps you're going to pray this prayer like I would pray and say, God, what is it that I'm doing that is not only apart from you, but it is keeping me from you? What am I doing that is not only apart from you and apart from the will of God, but actually it's keeping me from you? What is it? What is it? Would you, would you pray that prayer today? Saying, God, what is that? I feel like I'm doing everything with you. But as David said, search my heart. Let me know if there's any pride. Let me know if there's anything in me that is blocking me and distracting me and causing me to neglect the one place that I should be. And that is to be in your presence. I wonder what type of doing has taken myself away from just being. And if I could just quote David, this is Psalm 27, verse 4. He says, one thing that I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Come on, that, that's, a, that's hard to pray. God, every day of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling, and he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. God, I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing all this work if it's not with you. God, I don't want to be doing all this work just for you. Because what I'm doing for you, I find out, is actually keeping me from you. Because I haven't found a place where I have been with you. So Lord, help me. Come on. Help me, God. Help me see. Lord, I just want to, I want to dwell in your place. I can't keep cooking, Martha, because Jesus just showed up. And that's where I got to be. I can't keep making bread, Martha, because Jesus showed up. And that's where I need to be. I can't keep working, Martha. I can't keep doing because it's time, Martha, to start being. So she recognized what was more important and what she needed to leave. But here's the second thing that I see is that Martha keeps preparing a meal that Jesus did not need. Martha keeps preparing a meal that Jesus did not need. Oh, but, but, but we got we to gotta make the bread. Mary, we, we got to make the bread. The, 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 the vegetables aren't, aren't washed. The, the drinks aren't poured. The table's not made. Come on, Mary. We, 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 we got to start working. We got to start doing. We got to start making this because this is the food that Jesus is going to eat. He needs this, Mary. Ooh, I'd be very careful to tell Jesus what he needs. We, we, we got we, we to keep working. We got to keep doing. In fact, this, this, is, this, is what, this is what happens to us. 
because we work so hard to please God. We work so hard to do things for God. We work so hard to make something for God and say, God, aren't you pleased? And he says, you did not make that for me. You made that for you. In fact, what you made, I did not call you to make. Could you imagine we get to heaven one day? I know I already said it before, but we, we have this career that we built and God said, I didn't call you to build that career. We do all these great things and say, God, aren't you pleased? He said, I didn't call you to do any of those things. Because how many believe that God has a specific assignment for you? Come on, how, how many believe that God has a specific assignment for you? In fact, he's created you for a purpose. If I could read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, so he's called us to do something. He's, he's, he's uniquely created us to do something that is unique to us. There is an assignment for you. So don't start trying to do something else that you weren't called to do. Don't try and start walking in somebody else's assignment that you weren't supposed to walk in. Because what is that going to lead you to? That's going to lead you to frustration. What did it lead Martha to? Frustration. And she starts saying things like, this ain't working and nobody's helping. Why is nobody here? I'm the only one doing all this work. I'm the only one saying all these things. Where's the help, God? And God's like, you're in the wrong place. Where you're at isn't sinful, but there is a, there's a better place. Amen? There is, a, there, there is a better place. And when you start walking in somebody else's assignment, you start to get frustrated about what God isn't doing because God said, I prepared in advance something for you to do. Yeah, you've stayed busy, but just because you've stayed busy doesn't mean you're blessed. Just because Mary was working hard doesn't mean Mary was blessed. God had something else for her, and she was too distracted and too frustrated. I was, uh, had lunch with my brother Sean over here. Some of y'all know Sean. Sean, I love you, bro, and I'm so excited about what God is doing in your life. And we were sitting there eating, and, and I was, it was his birthday, so once again, bro, happy birthday. And Sean was telling me all the things that God has been doing. He's, you know, new to the, he's like kind of reignited into the faith. And he's like, pumped up, fired up, let's go. And uh, he was sharing all these things. And he, and he shared me this quote. We're, we're sitting there eating. And my kids are there like, you know, running around. And he's like, we're, he's like preaching. And we're just talking. And he said, he said uh, um, you, when I'm walking, I can, I can walk in assignment if I'm in alignment. And I was like, whoa, come on. My, my chips, like, jump. I think one of them got saved. He's like, I can, I can walk in the right assignment when I got the right alignments. And I was like, dang, Sean, he didn't know I was going to say that, bro. But, but that was preaching to me. And I wonder how often we are trying to walk in something that we think has been assigned to us, but we have not been aligned with God. And we're going to be walking in places that we should not be. We're going to be doing things that we should not be doing. We're going to be trying casting out things that we should not be casting because God didn't call us there. That wasn't for you. That might be for somebody else, but that certainly is not for you. And so you have to first say, God, I've got to be aligned with you first. And when I'm aligned with you, then I'll start walking in what you've assigned me to be. And you're going to find yourself frustrated if you don't. You're going to forget about the main thing. And it was the same thing Jesus told the rich young ruler who said, I'm, I'm all in. And Jesus said, no, you, you still lack one. This is Luke chapter 18, verse 22. He said, you still lack one thing. You still lack one thing. You've, you've prioritized all that you have and all that you've built. 
I didn't call you to do that. And he says, I just called you to follow me. And so you got you to abandon that. You got you to burn those, those plows. Because this, this, is, this is your assignment. But the only way you're going to know what your assignment is, is if you're walking in alignment with God. Because this is going to lead you to frustration. God, I'm, I'm just working. I'm trying. I'm trying. I've been, I've been like doing this, God. I've been, I'm burnt out now because I just, it's not working. And God's like, it never was supposed to work. It never was supposed to work for you there. You know, this verse in 41 where Jesus responds to Martha who's saying, you know, she's over here. She's, she's, she's doing this. She's like, Mary, come help me. Mary, come help me. And what does she do? Like all of us kids do. If mom ain't listening, who we call? Dad, can you get so-and-so? Jesus, can you get Mary to just stop doing what she's doing? Because I am preparing something that you need. And uh, the more, a more accurate translation is, he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset. Few things are needed. Mary has chosen what is better. It's the better part, is what he's saying. There is a good part, but there is a better part. The good part isn't wrong and sinful. We gotta work, that's necessary. But what's the better part? In this moment, what is the better part? To be working, trying to make a meal that Jesus didn't need, or to be sitting at his feet while he was teaching? What was the better part? And, and here's all I want you to do. Here's I'll conclude with this. God is wanting you to sit with Mary and then afterwards go work with Martha. God is wanting you to sit with Mary. But not just stay there. Because once I have sat with Mary, now I can begin to do things like Martha. God, now that I've been with you, what are you leading me to do? God, now that I've spent communion with you, what are you calling me to do? God, now that I've been filled up by you, where are you calling me to pour out, God? Now that I showed up on Sunday and I've started my week off right with you, what do you have for me till Saturday? Come on, what do you have? I can't do anything till Saturday until I've spent some time with Jesus on Sunday. And it's the same thing with all of your days. You wake up and say, what, what am I going to do for, for you, God? And God will respond, I just want you to be with me. And then as you be with me, as you remain in me, you're going to start to see the fruit that's going to come. You're going to start to see the assignments and the tasks I've called you to do. But so many have forgotten this part because we're so based upon working. Oh, I got to do. I got to get to the front of the line so I can see. God said we don't live by faith by what we see. He didn't call us just to see. Maybe we will see. I pray God that I see but I might just see a little bit differently from the back seats. And I'm gonna be okay with that. I might just, you know, here's the thing. Mary was at, at the feet of Jesus. And you know, my, my line of sight, it, I know I'm not that tall, so this is a little shorter than I am. But at this place, it's kind of how I imagine my kids seeing life. And what did Jesus tell us? He said, you gotta have faith like a child. So maybe I wasn't meant to see up here in the front. Maybe God was calling me to see down here like my kids see.
It looks a little bit different, but it's better. Come on, it's better, right? It's better. And now everything that I begin to do for God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start there. God, here is where I give you my worship. Here is where I give you my passion. God, here is where I give you all of it. I give you everything, and I'm not going to go until you tell me to go. I'm not going to rise until you tell me to rise. I'm just going to stay here. And when you stay here, it's crazy. God begins to send things to you. You know that? God begins to send things to you. You don't just have to go out and start looking. God, what do you have for me? Where am I supposed to go? God said, just stay here, and I'll send them to you. He may be calling some of you to get out there, but we just got to stay here in his presence. And when I stay in this place, it's from this place that I begin to do things for God that looks a lot more like this. Can I give you a little uh, redemption of Martha? Because I think sometimes Martha has been the poster child of what it looks like to just work too hard and be too busy and, and, and distract yourself away. Remember, what Martha was doing wasn't sinful. Martha gets it at some point. Because Jesus in John chapter 12 he visits Martha's house again, and Mary's there, and Lazarus is there, their brother. And Jesus has got all his disciples. In John chapter 12, you can read it, it records that Martha is once again making a meal for Jesus, but doesn't utter one word of complaint. And, and the scene is similar because Martha's, Martha's working, and, and Mary's over here sitting at the feet of Jesus again. Mary, have you not learned, Martha would say, but Martha didn't say that. In fact, what does Mary do? She pours out a, a pint of expensive perfume all on his feet and then washes his feet with her hair. But Martha doesn't utter one word of complaint because she got it. She must have been remaining. She must have been sitting. She must have been in the presence of God, which allowed her to do the things that she was doing for God. You see, it, it was that place. It was that, somebody say that place. It, it was that place that I can work. It was from that place that I began to serve. It was from that place that I began to do things for God. It was from that place that my marriage was changed. It was from that place that we began to see revival. It was from that place when people started getting saved. It was from that place. I wonder today if God is saying, I need you to go back to that place. What have you been doing? You've been working so hard. Here I am in your presence and you're missing it. You're so distracted. That place is where you gotta be. And when I'm in that place, I can do whatever he calls me to do. And I'm not just going to do it for him, but I'm going to do it with him. Come on, how many of you want to do things with God? Hey, would you stand to your feet all across this room? Come on, it's that place that things are going to happen and things are going to shift. It's at that place. And so I wonder today if you're in this room and you're, you're saying, Jacob, man, I, I'm starting to question some of the things that I do. Well, that's all right. Maybe you need to make this your prayer today. God, what is it that I'm doing? And is it taking my focus off of you? And if so, will you correct me? You know, Scripture does that. The Holy Spirit does that. It begins to correct you. But don't pray it if you don't want to be corrected. Don't pray it if you don't want to be bold. Don't pray it if you want to start doing things for God. Don't pray it if you want to get called out of your comfort zone. But if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what he might be calling you to do today. Saying, God, what is it that I'm doing? And is it taking my focus off of you? And secondly, God, how can I get back to that place? Come on, it's at that place, Lord, I give you my passion. And what God begins to do is he takes what you give him and he begins to mold it and form it like he always does. We're clays in the potter's hand and he, then he, and he sends us back out just how we're supposed to be, supposed to look. It's at that place. So God, we give you our passion today. We give you our worship today. You could have it all. Would we be so consumed? Would we be filled with your spirit, God, that when we step out of this place, we begin to pour out 
We begin to do things for, but it's going to start here where we're doing things with. We're going to do things with you, God. So I give you everything that I have. If you will, would you just kind of open up your hands like this and say, God, I give you everything that I have. I give you everything that I have. I've asked Danny. Danny's a... And Danny, I love you, bro. Danny's a good friend of mine, and we've been serving a ministry for a long time, and called him the other day. I was like, yo, there's this song we used to sing maybe like 10 years ago. Can, can you sing this song? And so I've asked him to kind of lead us in this for a little bit, but I, I want you to just stay in this posture and say, God, I give you everything. Come on, I give you everything, Jesus. I give you everything, all my abilities, all my passions, all my talent, everything that I, I love, everything I want, I, come on, I give to you. I give you my worship. give you my worship, Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.